Hello, and thank you for tuning in. You are listening to the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. You can listen and subscribe to the show for free on Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Blog Talk Radio, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. For network or show information, visit BiteRadio.me. And now, the Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Good day, everyone. Thank you for joining us for today's Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. Today, my special guest is Dr. Parul Dua Makar, and we will be talking about her work as well as the book Life Interrupted, Dr. Dua's survival guide. The book Life Interrupted is a moving, poignant, heartfelt book that shares the insights and experiences of a man dying and suffering, but who also expresses hope, gratitude, and strength. His story additionally calls attention to oral cancer, something that he ironically diagnosed for a living and himself. Uh, The possibilities for health, happiness, and inner peace exist within our own consciousness and are empowered through our attention and intention. Dr. McCarr shares wisdom drawn from her brother's words, as well as highlighting the lifestyle choices we can choose to create balance, wholeness, and pure potential in our lives. Dr. McCarr reflects, Manu had a gift of writing eloquently. He was very verbal and open about his journey. This book was in the works during his last days. I would have liked for him to see his dream a reality, but time was not on our side. Even though he isn't here today, I wanted to make the book come to light in his honor. For more information, you can visit Dr. Makar's website, which is paruldua.makar.com. And that's P-A-R-U-L-D-U-A-M-A-K-K-A-R.com. And with that, I'd like to welcome Paul to the show. Good day, Paul. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me, Rowan. It, it is my pleasure, and, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time. And I can say honestly that in my uh, 14 years of doing the show, I have never had one talk about the important topic of oral cancer. So I'm really happy to, to be able to do that with you today. So let, let's just start talking a little bit, first of all, about your brother, Manu. Can you Tell us a little bit about him, his, his essence. Sure. He was my younger and only sibling and uh, almost eight years younger, followed my footsteps in dentistry. But he was his own individual, um, just such full of life. He was happy-go-lucky. He did exactly what he wanted to with his life. He was never, uh, you know, molding into other people's perception of what life should be. He made his own paths and his own decisions and it was just vibrant you know funny it's just a funny guy he was just full of life loved life yeah well and it's amazing that he was able to maintain a positive outlook even going through that journey so now he passed at the early age of, of 34 so can you tell us a little bit about his illness so Manu was, uh, towards the end of 
middle of 2019, the end of his 32nd, start of his 33rd birthday, uh, he had a lesion on his tongue and it was finally biopsied um, right after his 33rd birthday. And it was a stage two squamous cell carcinoma of the tongue. Uh, and he had a major surgery where half his tongue was resected. He had a neck dissection, lymph nodes were removed. Unfortunately, the cancer is very aggressive and within eight months of the initial surgery, it returned back and he had to have another surgery to remove. This was during COVID. And he did have a lung lesion as well, but they weren't sure what it was and was too small to get biopsied. So uh, later in the summer of 2020, uh, during his 34th birthday, he went through rounds of chemo radiation and a lot of it was in isolation because of COVID restrictions, especially in Canada. And I was unable to travel uh, due to border closures. So Manu was able to see some of his friends, but it wasn't like a long period of time. It was short because of COVID, you know, you couldn't yeah. come out. Yeah. And a lot of his treatment was in isolation. My parents would drop him his first chemo radiation or immunotherapy treatments and he would go into the hospital and get the work done and then be picked up. And so, and that's when he had started to like chronic his chronicle, his journey of cancer and his life reflections as he was new he you know this is second time round and um and that's when he had sold his dental practice and decided to focus on his health yeah. and unfortunately by the end of december uh, of 2020 the cancer had grown and metastasized to his bones and this is after two surgeries and chemo and radiation and immunotherapy and even though he was healthy otherwise no comorbidities no you know no other lying medical factors he was a healthy young guy the cancer was just so aggressive uh that it spread down all the way down to his pelvic bone to his leg bones and he um it was deemed terminal at this point and, and that's when i came to canada without covid uh, vaccine at that time during the whole you know new york where i am it was in definite crisis with covid you know uh, outbreaks and so it was a very tough, challenging time that I did go see him, not knowing it would be first time, the last time I'd see him alive. Mm-hmm. And um, subsequently, like, he passed away really, really quickly in March of 2021. Like, he went into the hospital on a Friday. I was told, like, money was going in. This was a common occurrence because of the cancer and how aggressive it was. And they said, um, you know, my parents are like, don't call him. He's getting admitted. He's having some trouble breathing. He had a lot of fluid buildup and he was getting drained anyways. You know, he had a port in his chest and fluid mm-hmm. was being drained for months now. So I said, okay, no worries. And then Saturday, um, he was moved to hospice. And that evening, um, I was told to come to Canada. I had an original flight booked um, for later the, in the week. Uh, but they said he's not going to last for a week, so you need to get on a flight right now. And just to remind your listeners that this is in the epidemic of COVID, and I had to, ha- borders were still shut, US and Canada, you couldn't travel. And I had to get special compassion release paperwork, which I had because I was intending to travel soon. Um, but that requires, it's a whole eight-page document that needs to be signed by doctors, by my parents, my brother. So uh, with the intent that you're coming wow. and for a, somebody who's dying or, you know, for a medical emergency 
for a Canadian citizen. So I had all that paperwork, but I had to get PCR testing and Canada did not, you know, I was on the phone with the Canadian consulate and they said, no, you cannot go with a rapid, you have to have PCR. And which back then we know it took three, three days. Um, but I had it expedited and I booked my flight and I actually was told uh, to say goodbye to him on uh, Sunday. So Friday went to the hospital, Saturday he was in hospice. Sunday I video called him and I said, if you need to let go, you can let go and don't wait for me. I will come as soon as possible, but yeah. it's okay. It's okay for you to go. And uh, and I think that allowed him this permission to, to leave. Um, and that evening he passed away and my flight was for the next day. So I missed him by 24 hours. Wow. That's yeah. sad. That's sad. Yeah. And, you know, and that giving permission, you know, to, to move on is really yes. important thing. I, I had that with my father when, when he was in his last hours, you know, that, you know, it seemed like he was, you know, holding on, holding on. And then, you know, when it came to realizing that, you know, it was okay, that that was, I said something similar, you know, for, and um, just shortly after uh, he passed. So, you know, it, it seems that the, that, I guess, permission or the recognition that it's okay is really an important thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think the other person um, needs to hear that just too. Yeah, I agree. Now, you both chose dentistry as a profession. So tell us about the, the unique opportunity that that provides with regard to oral cancer, recognizing and taking care of oral cancer so the irony of it is that we were both dentists <laughs> and Manu you know and you know when he first had the lesion I'm like Manu this does not look good this looks like cancer he was like I can't have cancer I'm young I'm only in my 30s I'm healthy like I can't have the c word and um so the irony and he writes about this in his book and he writes about it in general like you know he's the shoemaker his own shoe mm-hmm. was broken and he knew what the disease was. He, you know, this is our field. This is our territory. Uh, so that's the irony. And for both of us to be in the same profession. And I couldn't do anything to save him because of the circumstances uh, that were laid out in front of us. Um, his initial surgery was, I wasn't able to be there because uh, I had just visited him. And, you know, mother had surgery. He was getting treatment at the hospital, a lot of stay. And then right after I was going to come visit, COVID hit. Mm. So, you know, it's just uh, ironic. And because of what happened and because there's just a lack of awareness among, um, I think, the public that when I tell people Manu died of oral cancer, cancer on his tongue, uh, they're like, what, you can die from it? First of all, you can get oral cancer. But like, you know, there is a little bit of lack of education and a lack of awareness, uh, more or less. And even for a dentist to be more vigilant about screening their patients, all dental professionals. So I'm trying to, you know, create a movement, create this awareness that, yes, it can happen, especially in the young. When I was 30, you know, oral cancer is something that in the past was to people who were your older males in their 60s, 70s who have been smoking all, you know, chain smokers Mm -hmm. with alcohol consumption. But now the statistics has changed and it is one of the highest increasing uh, cancer rates in the world right now. 
you know, according to the W, uh, the World Health Organization, is the sixth most common cancer wow. worldwide. And there are 54,000 cases being diagnosed in the U.S. every year. And they, um, because the oral cavity area is so um, close to the no- lymph node system, is so vascular, that it's very aggressive and it spreads rapidly. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be caught early on. Wow. And the only way we can do this is knowing what we're looking for, what symptoms to feel, what um, when to go get a biopsy. And, and so now he's not there, but I am hoping that his story and his message will be to be more vigilant of our own bodies yeah. and uh, yeah, and take care of ourselves. Yeah. Like I said, you know, in the 14 years I've been doing this, I have <laughs> never had a, a show about it. So, I mean, when when I got the promotion about about your book and, and the topic, it was I wanted to do it real quickly. Um, now, you mentioned symptoms. What what are the symptoms of, of oral cancer? So oral ca- so cancer doesn't need, necessarily need to hurt. Any lesion in your mouth, you know, you may be eating and you bit your tongue. You you know, scraped it with a toothbrush or with a fork or burnt your tongue, anything in your, anything happens in your mouth, any injury, or you had a herpetic lesion breakout, you had a shingles breakout, you have uh, ulcers in your mouth, anything of any sort should heal within two weeks, um, painful or not painful, any bumps or redness or white lesions should heal within two weeks. And if it doesn't, it's prolonged. Whether or not it hurts, it should be checked out and has to be evaluated. You could also have soreness. So oral cancer is also, you know, not only like the tongue, the lip area, but also throat. Uh, So if you have trouble swallowing um, or you have like this constant chronic cough and it's not related to COVID or any other respiratory, if you have like a bump on one side of your neck, so your lymph nodes are swollen, just one side. Uh, you have trouble moving your tongue, you know, in one direction, earache combined with that. So it's anything that's out of the ordinary, especially on one side of your mouth, is something that you need to get checked out. So those are some of the common symptoms. Okay, yeah. great. Great. Thank you. Now, I, mean, I heard it said that the oral health is as the gateway to one's overall health. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So our oral health is linked to everything. You know, it's um, it's linked to diabetes. It is linked to cardiac issues, stroke, Alzheimer's, dementia, uh, a whole host of things. And if we don't have good teeth, like if you haven't been to a dentist, let's say, and you have a lot of plaque buildup, you have moving teeth, you're not able to chew properly, you're not able to get a nutrition diet, you don't have great teeth, you have holes or cavities, and you know, it hurts, uh, you're in pain, and it's a very different kind of pain. It's not a pain that you can rest that part of your body. You're constantly under use. We're talking, chewing, eating all day long. It's not like your back is broken, you can kind of rest, and your leg is broken, you can, you know, limp up something. You're constantly using this part of your body. And so, and and if you don't have a great set of teeth, you are, you know, your ability to smile is diminished, so your self-confidence decreases. So it's linked to not only how you feel about yourself, but it's what you're eating. And all the bacteria that is from, let's say, a bad infection, um, from a broken tooth or that's rubbing against your 
tongue is causing lacerations. It could do that. Or, you know, you have an infection that's active. You have swelling. Um, that's bacteria. You have bad perio, which is bad gum and bone disease. You're losing your teeth. You're losing bone support. And all that bacteria travels to the rest of your body. And it can affect if you have artificial joints. It can affect um, your heart. It can affect anything. So it causes other infections. So it's so important to have good oral hygiene um, so that you are a better person overall, you know, for your overall health. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well that's that's good to know. Yeah, certainly people need to to take care to take care of of the teeth, gums and and all of that. Now, is there a link uh to vaping and smoking? You mentioned earlier about, you know, it used to be, you know, older men who had been chain smoking. Um but can you talk a little bit about, you know, the the connection, you know, with smoking and, you know, the more popular vaping that's that's happening. Absolutely. Vaping is even more harmful than smoking, especially in our youth. The younger people are smoking, uh, or sorry, are rather vaping. And the oil, it kind of really sticks to your lungs and it really um, affects, especially for, uh, for oral cancer, uh, any prolonged. So with vaping, it's more socially acceptable because it doesn't smell like a smoke and you don't have to really go out and be away from your friend you know, if you want to smoke. It's more socially acceptable and that increases the risk for oral cancer. You know, interestingly enough, in uh, Australia, any vaping that has a nicotine product in it is actually banned. And the reason being because it's so carcinogenic, all that Vape under high heat, the nicotine under high heat, it's just becoming a carcinogenic. And so the cancer risks are much higher, um, especially with vaping. And of course, when you combine it with alcohol use and if you have poor health, it all makes the situation worse. Wow. I didn't even realize, you know, the increased you know, cancer risk, tobacco and vaping that, um, you know, I think, you know, with what Australia has done that maybe the rest of the world should maybe stand up and, and take note. Right. Yeah. Thanks <laughs> Absolutely. Now, HPV, can you tell us what that is? And, you know, and I, and I wasn't aware before reading about um, your, your book and that that was something that could even be con- connected to cancer in the back of the throat tongue, tonsil. So tell us about what HPV is and its connection to oral cancer. Sure. So HPV is the human papillomavirus. It is a virus that is spread due to um, sexual activity or even uh, by kissing. And it is the most sexually transmitted disease in the U.S., more so than STDs, the sexually transmitted disease, the HPV virus is more. Now, this virus actually causes a host of other uh, cancers, cervical, anal, penal, um, as well as oral cancer. So it's all sexually transmitted. So when women are going to the gynecologist appointment, they're having that pap smear, what are they testing for is the HPV incidence. And partners and their partners are, if they are testing positive for cervical cancer, their partners are at risk for oral cancer. So, and there is a vaccine for it. And the way to protect yourself is to be vaccinated, especially in kids um, when they're in their preteens. So 11, 12, 13, you know, get 
the early teens, preteens. And so that they do not. It's one vaccine. You get two doses and you're done. You don't have to go back for a booster or anything and it protects you for life. And you can get the, the vaccine as you're older and it'll protect you from other infections, but it won't protect you if you already have it in your system. So the HPV virus, we all carry it. Uh, 80% of us have contracted it at some point in our lives. The good thing about it is that our body tends to get rid of it within one to two years, but it also can stay in your body latent and then develop as oral cancer. Why it happens, we don't really know what it is that's triggering that response, but the best way is, yeah, protecting. Now, mono's, interestingly, was not that these cancers are usually the more posterior back of your mouth, so like the back on your soft palate or your tonsil area or your throat area, these cancers are linked to more of the posterior side of your mouth and the throat rather than the front of your mouth. Okay, wow. Thank you. <laughs> you know, that's a, a real education. I had no idea, and, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there listening who didn't either. Um, so, Parul, I want to take just a, a quick bake, break, and, and then when we return, um, I want to ask some uh, more, more questions about Manu and how he dealt with um, his illness. Okay, so everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back after this brief break. Hello, this is Robert Sharp. I want to thank you for joining us, and I hope that you are enjoying today's show. Just a reminder that we have a wealth of information and resources available on our website, byteradio.me. There is a calendar of upcoming shows, along with an archive link that will give you access to more than 1,600 shows that we have had during the past 12 years. Also on the site is a link to the products and services we provide, books, nature photography, calendars, and 5 by 7 photo greeting cards. Our show is a free podcast on Blog Talk Radio, iHeart Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and TuneIn. And you can subscribe for free on any of those platforms by using the links on our website homepage. We are on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, etc. And we also have buttons to those platforms on the top of our homepage. Our website, ByteRadio.me, has much for you to explore and enjoy. I also very much appreciate you supporting our guests, and especially today's guest. And now, back to the show. Okay, everyone, thank you for staying with us again today. My special guest is Dr. Parul Dua Makar, and we are talking about her new book, Life Interrupted, Dr. Dua's Survival Guide. And you can find out more, again, by visiting her website, which is paruldua.makar.com, and that's P-A-R-U-L-D-U-A-M-A-K-K-A-R.com. Okay, with that, we're back, Parul. Hi, thanks <laughs> for having me back. Thank you, it's, it's my pleasure. Boy, this has really been a very educational show. I, I really appreciate you sharing it with us. Um, so, um, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the idea of how Manu kind of 
endured, went through that that struggle with all of the treatments that he had, and then you know how does that you know affect you know the immediate family? How did it affect you, your parents, with with his challenge? Uh, it's it's a very tough challenge for all of us first to come to the reality that it is cancer, right? I mean, we don't expect our young ones, especially he was my younger sibling. My parents don't expect their youngest uh, son to have that. And and we thought, you know, once treatment is done, he'll be okay. He'll bounce back because he was healthy. So it was definitely a shock. Uh, I think Manu was in denial for most part of it initially and uh, it kind of pushed him. Even though he was a dentist, he was under the care of an oral surgeon. I don't think anybody suspected that it would be cancer. And so a lot of the treatment was delayed as far as the, you know, the diagnosis even. Um so I think there was a part of denial, definitely, in all of it. And then Manu dealt it in his own way. He was uh, he was very vocal. He found his people that had gone through this journey themselves, um, and he used them as, like, a guide or as a sounding board. You know, you don't really understand what is happening unless you're in it. You know, and that's mm-hmm. even when somebody has passed. You don't know the loss or the magnitude of loss of missing somebody until you've experienced loss for yourself. And I think that was with us, too. We didn't understand what Manu was going through as a family, you know, what he was going through in his body, what his life projections and how everything had been derailed. And we didn't understand him until we lost him. And, um, and that made me more vocal about his journey because that's how he found his healing, with interacting with other people and that's how I found my healing and I found my larger support. It's been a devastating loss and I don't think it'll be three years uh, this March, March of 24, that we would have lost him and it still feels like yesterday Uh, and the loss is, you know, present in every moment, every breath and every day, life's celebrations he's always missed and always thought of. So it doesn't end. Yeah, you know the the idea that um, the grief will pass and and that um, you know things will that that it'll you know be everything will be healed you know is really not the way it, it tends to work. So now when you you know you mentioned that there was a time where he was in denial and then there was a time that a particular point that he recognized you know that his life was going to be ending sooner than he anticipated. So, you know, at that particular time when he made the shift from denial to, I guess, acceptance, what was the impact of that, his shift to those around him, you know, to those of you around him who were his support? Well, he cut out people that were really hadn't been in his life in general. Okay. And, you know, when you know that you're dying, you have all these people come out and be, you know, they're to help you. And he's like, they've not been there for the rest of my life. I don't want them in my life right now. So he kept his inner circle very tight, very close-knit. And he found people that he chose. Right? He, he was very intentional about what he wanted to do and how he wanted to be with. He was very... Um, and, and one of the things was that he started to write as his outlet. And and he's like, you know, I'm going to die. 
And I don't think he ever expressed. Death was this elephant in the room that we never talked about. It was there, we knew it. And we knew it was going to happen any minute, you know, any month now. Mm-hmm. But we just didn't talk about death. And But he knew his prognosis. We all knew it. And he just said, like, I'm going to write something that will maybe help and inspire someone else instead of just being wasted away or, you know, just... yeah. Gone, here and gone. It doesn't affect anybody, right? It just affects us as a family. But having these words, and he wanted to be published, and he told me he expressed his desire, and it didn't happen while he was still alive, just when things progressed. And I wanted to complete this um, because these words were meant to be read for the world. But he talks a lot about his internal peace. He talks about finding his soul. And I think he had reached achieved some sort of an enlightenment uh, as he was inching towards death. I think he had just purely accepted his fate and was completely resigned to it, but not in any anger or any distraught. He was like, this is it. This is my thing. I'm just going to try to achieve immortality by leaving something good of a value for the world to remember me with. Yeah. You know, when people are near death, you know, there is that thought of legacy. You know, what what is it that I leave behind? And, you know, how has that has that affected your view of, you know, of life and, and your legacy? So, again, I think I never really dwelled on these things as I was I had him. Um, you know, we go through the run of life, you have kids, I have two young kids, and we're just in the rat race, right? Get up, get school and activities and work and back. And you don't really think of the impact. And I think it's when you get closer to life end that you realize, what did I do? What have I accomplished? And you take like this memento or an account of what, how you have lived. And since when I did that at a young age and I got to witness it, it made me pause for a second and think and of what is of value in our lives, right? So I realized for myself that time was this ever essence that we cannot ever get back, this most precious commodity. Um, money comes and goes, people come and go. But the time that we have given, we are not told how much time we have with an individual, how much time we have on this earth, how much time we have with our loved ones. And so how we choose to spend it should be of importance on where we spend it. So that's come to my realization. So, and I'm very intentional about what I do and who I spend my time with and people that don't bring me joy. I don't want to be around them or the family or friends. And, um, and then creating something, you know, with, Manu's book, The Life Interrupted, Dr. Thor's Survival Guide, getting that message out and also creating uh, the Do a Good Job Symposium and a comprehensive look on oral cancer. So people will have a source of network, a support system if they're going through or their loved one is going through and how patients can help, sorry, doctors can help their patients. And I didn't have these resources. I had to really, you know, really pull yeah. for resources. I didn't have a place to all where it's all together and that's what I'm trying to do is create that network. Wow. So of the support system. Yeah. Yeah, well you know that 
that seems to be, it's not uncommon, it seems, you know, that there is a special need, you know, for support for a particular life challenge. And, you know, out of that need in, in someone's, you know, search and, and, you know, resources and all that kind of thing, throughout all of that, you know, there is a, a way to meet that need. And, and a need is created, a way to deal with that is created. So what what was it, again, that the, the process or, or the support that you created for those? I'm creating it in, on his birthday this year. It's called the Do a Good Job Symposium. So people from um, experts from different fields of dentistry, as well as psychologists, lawyers, all of that, to come together to kind of give you a guide how to deal with cancer, what decisions you have to make. I mean, things about, you know, and things we may not think in when we're young and things we may not think otherwise. It's creating will, creating, you know, trusts, creating a um, how to deal with it psychologically. Even as a practitioner, as a dentist, there were times that I had gotten news I and I very distinctly remember when Manu told me, like, I'm getting another, in February of 21, he's like, I'm getting another round, the cancer has spread more. And I remember having a conversation with my dad. And we had two conversations on this topic with my dad. When Manu was first diagnosed, my dad asked me, uh, is Manu going to die? And that was in 2019. It was his initial diagnosis. And I was so positive, so affirmative. I'm like, no, no, no. They'll just take out this tongue lesion and they'll give him radiation. He's going to be fine. You know, we have, I have cancer survivors as friends and, and my dad was reflecting off how he had lost his mother to a different form of cancer. And, um, and I was so like positive and just, I'm like, no, Manu's not, he's going to live. And then, you know, fast forward to February of 2021, a few weeks before his death, my dad asked me that question again. And Manu, you know, they were living, breathing Manu, like they were taking care of him. 24 seven without any support because of COVID restrictions, there was no other family or friends to support and help as much as we would have liked. I couldn't travel as freely. And so he asked me that question again, and he said, is Manu going to die? And it was the hardest answer I had to give him. And I said at that point, yes, he is. And you have to be prepared and you have to let him do what he wants to do in his last days, whatever he wants give it to him. He is going to die. And I think that giving that answer while I'm at work and then having to refocus my energy and go back to seeing patients, even the time when he went uh, Saturday, when I was told that he's moved into hospice and he doesn't have, you know, we'll call you later. I had a full day of patients and I had to reprogram my thinking that I've got to leave this emotional aspect outside and focus on my task at hand. And there are people with counting on my ability as a physician, as a doctor. And and that, it could be anything in life that you're fighting against um, emotionally and how to think and do. And so that kind of psychological support system is what we need as well. And that's what I'm trying to do is that kind of network, creating it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's important. And if you would, when you launch that, you know, maybe have your um, publicist let me know, because I'd like to do what I can to, you know, get the word out for that. Absolutely. I will. Um, 
Yeah, okay. I can definitely send links to you. Great, I, I appreciate that. So now, when you were going through Manu's writings for publishing, can you tell us maybe about one or two of the of of his entries that were of particular, you know, kind of importance or, or kind of really made you, you know, sit back and take pause? I can read a little passage to you that I felt was so... I mean, there's so much in there that is so uh, relevant to anyone. And it's not really to do with oral cancer or dentistry. All these blogs that he called his survival guide, and I called it life interrupted because it was his life interrupted. um, But all of them are just filled with such deep reflection life in general and it almost seems like somebody older who's had more life experience has written rather than a 30 some year old and you know he talks about hope he talks about immortality he talks about chasing after uh, trophies and it's what trophies are you chasing after is it for yourself or is it for someone else to show off to and, and he just has um many different sections uh, he talks about being indestructible. We all think we're indestructible as we're younger. Um, he talks about finding internal peace and parents. But the one chapter that really stood out, because he used to share these with me as he, as he was writing them, and his last chapter and his last blog that he had written on new beginnings, mm. that's what stood out to me. Yeah, if, if you wouldn't mind, I, w- I would sure. love to hear that. So I'm going to quote him here. One of the most important things that I have learned during these turbulent and difficult times is to accept the loss of control and to continue to ride the wave day by day. The ability to focus and get through each day's imperative when your world collapses around you. I write this as I am in a hospital bed with one lung almost collapsed from fluid. And to be perfectly honest, I have found my peace. I understand that every day is a new journey, and I focus on getting through the days, enjoying these little victories, and having complete faith that the future will unfold as it should. And my worries and anxieties are normal but fruitless, and will not help define a new path in life. What is imperative is inner peace, strength, and truly believing that there will be a better life in this world or the next. End quote. Wow, that is... Yeah, that's very reflective of of him. Yeah. And I knew at that point, and after that, he didn't write anymore. That Mm -hmm. was his last entry uh, in Jan. And he had other unfinished pieces. But when I read that, I knew he had resigned completely, that he was prepared to die. And he was ready. Because he talks about this life or the next, that it will get better. He still never lost hope. Okay. He, he, le- he held on to his hope that, that he had resigned, that it was, it was time for him to go. Hmm. Wow. That, you know, that's, I think, you know, for folks who are in that stage of life, I guess an important perspective. You know, I, I, w- I would think that, you know, the, the recognition um, and, and peaceful... Um, stance would would be one that would, you know, lead to a, a more smooth, you know, less stressful transition. 
when, when you think about the um, impact of life interrupted, what, what is it that you hope the readers will take away from, from reading the book? I hope that the readers reflect on how they are leading their lives, uh, they're truly happy, uh, and if not, what they need to change, because time is not promised to anybody. So I hope they're happy with what they have and the, happy with the people around them and happy with what they're doing. And just to pause and just reflect on it and to leave a legacy behind. You know, what are they doing to create a positive impact on others? And, you know, it's... a my mother talks about this and I truly believe like we're all going to go one day and I feel like you die twice once if once when you physically die and once when you are stopped being remembered mm. so how do you achieve your immortality what did you leave that and it's your not your actual things that you're leaving behind not I'm not talking about physical attributes I'm talking about how you made a person feel, how you helped a person be better, how you changed somebody's life, and you're thought of fondly and remembered with kindness. And I and I just hope that people leave a kinder world behind and just reflect of their life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, that's the one thing that, you know, I think people don't give enough attention to is the impact that they make on others lives because that you know that's like a ripple effect that you know you know if you change someone's life you know that you know from that point forward whatever they do you know is because of an action that you took and and that um, you know that is a way to to live on and you know I, I you know, we we have multiple opportunities every single day to make a change in someone's lives. It's just a matter of you know making the effort, and you know, and it doesn't have to be anything big at all in order to do well, that. Something small, and you you know, and you sometimes when you pause and you're like, oh, when I was a kid, I had this great teacher, and they really believed in me, even though I was you know I didn't believe in myself, or it could be anything of a stranger you know pay for something and it doesn't have to be as big it can be a small act but you just remember fondly for that one incident that you made and it, and that small incident may be a big impact on someone else's you just don't know and so yeah just remember to be kind you don't know the battles people are fighting yeah absolutely well, well, Parul, thank you for your time today. It's, it's really been a treat, and I have learned so much, and I know that the listeners will learn as well. And I appreciate you sharing your time and also sharing with us about Manu and, and his journey. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And, of course, people, you know, can, like you said, find me on my website, but I'm also on Instagram if anybody wants to reach out. And I've had people reach me out because they felt lost in their in their grief um and it's do a good job dua good job great well as soon as we hang up i'll connect with you on instagram and uh you know follow your journey there and again do let me know you know when you launch that support platform um, because i want to go ahead and get that out um so thank you for your time 
Thank you, Robert. You're welcome. Again, everyone, today my special guest has been Dr. Prul Dua Makar, and we have been talking about the life, um, excuse me, the book that she just published called Life Interrupted, Dr. Dua's Survival Guide. And again, you can find out more by visiting the website paruladuamakar.com and that's P-A-R-U-L-D-U-A-M-A-K-K-A-R.com. And until we meet again. Thank you for tuning in. You've been listening to BikeRadio.me's Bringing Inspiration to Earth show. To become a show follower, visit www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash bite radio me and click on the follow link you can also find us on facebook and twitter at bite radio me be sure to visit our website at www.biteradio.me that's b-i-t-e-r-a-d-i-o dot m-e and until we meet again remember to be a bright light by bringing inspiration to your world and to the lives of those you touch.